0: We've been in this great, we've been in this awesome series called God's Rescue Plan. And I know some of us always don't feel rescued by God, but we've been in this awesome thing about God's rescue. We came to actually to the end part, which is my favorite part. And I I don't know about you guys. Who likes a good ending? Nobody? Okay. All right. We can talk back. It's all right. I love a good ending. Like, I love it. Like, uh, I'm a Marvel fan. And so when I was watching Avengers Endgame, I was, like, super excited. Like, literally, like, I'm just going to share something with you guys. Do not talk to me after service about this, okay? I'm just going to share this with you. This is on the inside. All right. So when it is that point in the Marvel Endgame, if you haven't seen it, I'm just going to spoil it for you. It's just moment. In the whole movie that culminates everything that's about to happen, that culminates the whole thing. And, like, as a kid, I'm reading the comic books. I knew exactly the words Captain America was going to say. I knew exactly what this moment. You see Doctor Strange come and everything in time is starting to come to this one moment that all of a sudden Captain America goes, Avengers assemble. And they all come from all over every Every Marvel character from the whole Marvel universe ends up in this one scene. And I start to cry a little. (laughs) And I, I just, to me, it changed everything in my little kid inside. Like all the comic books I read, seeing it like come to life, like seeing that little thing come to life, like changed everything. Like it was like, oh, I am such a fan. Maybe I'm just too much of a fan sometimes. And I think about that. See, I'm the same way with God. Like I've been hearing about him my whole life. I've been seeing these things on words, and I've been seeing things play out in my life. And I just say, man, I am such a fan for this moment. There's going to be this moment where everything culminates. There's going to be this moment where where all the heroes that we've seen, Lord, and all the things that we know, there's going to be this moment of this endgame. There's going to be this moment, and I may cry a little bit more then, too. I'm just so excited about the redemptive plan of God. Like, Marlon, you could go up to the side. Like, the big idea is God is sovereign to have us cooperate because we trust his word. Man, like, when you see, like, comic books and movies come on TV, And they don't do it right, you get upset. When they don't get it right. Like, I grew up in the 80s, so comic books were a huge part of my life. They're a huge part of, like, everything. You know, like, we didn't have cable TV like we have it now, like the kids have it. You know, so I was a latchkey kid. So what that meant for me is, like, comic books and TVs and cartoons were the things that really poured into my life. So uh, I learned a lot of things through that. But there's, like, this one thing when I learned, when I became uh, submitted to the Lord and surrendered to his will and way, like, his word really meant something to me. It really meant something. Like, God is sovereign to have us cooperate. Because we trusted his word. Like, if you, like, I remember not trusting in God's word. And it felt like everything in the world was against me. But when I started to trust in his word, like, this big idea that his word brings us together, brings us in cooperation with him. Like, if you, like, even today when Melanie was saying those beautiful words about the Lord is my shepherd, we get to call him Lord. We get the opportunity to walk into relationship with him and say, my, the Lord is my shepherd. We're cooperating with his spirit and his life. And that's such a, God is sovereign over all our lives to allow us to cooperate with his word and his word. So, like, I was listening to a guy yesterday as I was preparing for today, and there's two things that happen. There's a Rima word, and there's Logos. So like the writers of the Bible, the writers of Ephesians, they got a word from God. It was a rhema word. It was a word that got deep down in the spirit, a word that they, they got. And then we got what we have today, what I'm talking to you is called locos, where I get to explain it to you. I get the second hand. And so sometimes like if nobody wrote it down, a second hand that come through as much power as it did when it became the Rema word that came from God. There's a big difference. You know, when Paul heard, when Paul was experiencing God's word and writing it down, there's a difference when he was writing these letters. There's a difference of what he was saying to the people that he truly cared for. But when it got expressed to logos, we kind of just see it as black and white on a paper. And so there's a difference that happens. See, Marlon, let's go to the number one point. We trust, yeah, is that it? Go on my notes. I got notes too. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. Oh, before I go there, we're in uh, Ephesians 1 7 through 14. And let me read it. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, that He richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made it known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. In him, we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purposes of his will so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. In him, you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believe, the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. So, we've been talking about God's great rescue plan. Through the redemption of Jesus, through his blood, through his dying, through his sacrifice, we have seen that we have an opportunity to be redeemed. Then we see the mystery of his will, like God has revealed to us through his purpose and his work that we are a part of the story of God. We are being redeemed because of Jesus, and he brings all things together and he's uniting all of us around each other through heaven and earth. It's such a powerful thing that the mystery of God's will, as he counsels with his son and the Holy Spirit and we believe that he is saying I'm going to unite two things who are very separate very different and make them one. So powerful to me. And then as we start to talk, he starts to talk about the work the work of the Holy Spirit in this redemptive plan. Man, can men do plans on their own? (laughs) Listen, uh, I used to have this saying that we plan like there's holy there's no Holy Spirit, but when the Holy Spirit shows up, there's no plan. <laughs> That's what like how I would how I would plan things in my life. Like plan like the but when all of a sudden I said, Man, the Holy Spirit is at work in everything. And he's saying he's sovereign. In this point, we're saying that we can believe this. It says I love this. He says, In him you've also were sealed with the promised. You hear that past tense? You hear that? That is it's already this promise. Like you don't have to wait for the promise. It's already promised. Holy Spirit. And when you heard the word of truth, when you hear the gospel spoken to you, the promise Holy Spirit, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. Believed is just trusting in every word of God. Like you believe, you trust in this. You trust in the word of God as he comes. And I love that. I love that we need to learn how to trust in the word. Not, some people, I, I used to tell people all the time, like, trust in Carl. You're going to get, Carl's going to fail you all the time. Trust me, I cancel stuff. Stuff happens, my schedule gets billy, busy. I, I want you to trust me. But there's some things that happen in my life that keep me from being, being trusted. And I fail because I'm human. But God's word stands forever. You can trust in that above me, above anything that's going on in your life. He's saying, trust in this word believe. Like, I know sometimes it's hard to believe. You trusted Jesus after you heard the truth. We all need to place our trust in Jesus. And the seal doesn't come before the trust, the seal of the Holy Spirit doesn't come before the trust. Like God is saying, in this plan, if you put your trust in Jesus, you you get the promise, already promised to you, guaranteed to you, already like if you've been in debt, like guarantee or he's already going to pay, payment in full. But your first thing you have to do is trust. Without trusting in his word, it, it basically is saying that the seal will not come. You have to trust in his word, demanding the seal as a proof only comes for those who trust and believe. Now, you know, people always say, well, I believe it when I see it. <laughs> I believe God when I see it. I'll trust him when he does this, this, and this. But see, it doesn't work that way. See, it but works in a way of, like you trust God and he will bring those things to you. Like it says it. it. He's talking about this in verse 13. The seal doesn't come before the trust. The man in the seal, as of proof, It's foolishness. Like, if the Holy Spirit will do this in my life, before you trust God, you want Him to guarantee something. Like, do you go to the bank that way? Be like, trust me. I got this business plan and I got this great idea. Just give me the money. Don't worry about it. Just give me the money. Just give me the money. It don't even work in the natural like that. They're like, no, we need collateral. We need a proven record. We need to see some good credit. so we can trust you. So we know that you're not just going to run off with this money and do what you will. But no, God says it differently. He says, if you trust me, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. This work is so powerful. I'm going to give it to you. Marlon, can you go to the next side? We are called to cooperate with trust and obedience of his word to unite those around us. That may be from the last sermon. Sometimes it messes up. Alright, so as we're in verse 13, he's saying this he's saying this thing about how we have this guarantee until we're completely purchased by the resurrection of glorification. He's saying in verse 13, he says it so beautifully, he says, in him you were also sealed with the promised spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believe." It's an envelope. As we look at who God is in our life, and the promises that he has for us, it's an envelope. So as you look at this envelope and everything that's in it, all the promises, all the gifts, all the talents, is in this envelope. And then all of a sudden, like, there's this, there's this letter, there's this story that God wants to write out to you, and it's this envelope. And so, first of all, you you if you're, if you're like me, you, you lick the envelope or you put something on the envelope and you seal it. And as you seal this envelope, You say this is guaranteed to get to his destination until somebody opens it. God is saying it's like an envelope, but the seal even comes more. There's like this wax seal that comes on the envelope. And then he impresses his spirit into this seal. And everything on that seal lets you know that it's guaranteed as soon as he presses his spirit. So there's a day that's going to come when the envelope's going to open and all the contents are going to be before you. But right now, God has pressed his spirit on the seal of your life when you trust him because you're completely purchased by Jesus. You're completely owned by him. He paid your ransom. He's atoned for everything that's happened in your life. And he said, guess what? I'm going to do a little bit more. Like, I know, like, when, when something like, when we pay off a big bill in my house, we're just so excited. First thing we do is go out to eat. <laughs> we just love to celebrate when we do big things. But God, when he did something so huge and so, so many breakthroughs in our lives, he takes this seal and impresses his spirit upon us. He gives somebody that's going to work with us for the rest of our lives. He gives us somebody that's going to help us. And then he says this, the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance. Like, we inherit all these great things. In Ephesians 1, even before this, it says we inherit these things. Like, we have been adopted in him. We have all these things that are happening as we start to cooperate with God. We are called to cooperate with the trust and obedience of his word. Like, if you cannot cooperate with God, we have some big problems. We're going to have to talk about that. See, co means like that there's, there's a togetherness that we're going to operate together. It's not that we're going to do, I'm going to do my thing, you're going to do your thing, and we're going to work it out. Co means together. We're going to do this together. It's not you're going to do the work by yourself, then I'm going to check your work, and then we're going to celebrate. He says, no, we're going to do every step, of the work together. Every step of the pain and the hurt that he's going to root out of you, he's going to do it together. Everything, every spiritual blessing that you want to happen is not going to just happen by what you're doing. It's going to happen with him together. You're going to start cooperating with his word. One of the things I love is in Philippians 1.8, it says, he who started a good work. He, he started something good with you, and you start to cooperate. He said he's going to bring it to completion until the day that Jesus Christ returns. He started something good. He's starting to cooperate with you. You just don't do a good work. Like, who loves doing good projects together? Like, every time me and Melanie, if we're in the kitchen together, we cook a meal together, she's super joyous. Now, when she's just cooking by herself, and I go, hey, can I help you? And everything's almost done she would be like, oh, now you want to come. And God is saying something like that. He's saying, I want to cooperate with you together. I want to do this work with you. And how many times as we're walking with God, we say, man, I could do this on my own. God, thank you for doing this, but I'll handle the rest. That's not how he wants it. He wants to be highly, intensely, intimately involved in every work, and that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. Come on, Marlon, let's go to the next one. So as we think about how we can cooperate, how can we we just take this, this life? And as we look at this redemptive plan, how we see this work of the Holy Spirit moving in our life, this work of, like, how he has changed us and redeemed us and transformed us, how can we cooperate with God now? How can we change our life and unite heaven and earth and those around us? How can we start to change things? How can we start to move differently? How do we start cooperating with his will, not with our will? Not with our plans. How do we start cooperating? The Holy Spirit says, hey, I'm here to guarantee this thing. It's real. It's happening. It's just like when I saw that scene in Avengers. This is happening. This is really about to happen. Like, I'm telling you, at the beginning of the movie, I was so upset. I was like, what is going on? They already killed Thanos and nothing happened. Like the timeline just not that work out in my head. But when I saw that moment when everything was culminating, everybody and, and Dr. Strange knew there was just this one time that everything would work. And he's going through this, all these things. Jesus knows through all the things that you're going through in your life, through all the situations and circumstances that feel like you failed and you've messed up and that your your outcome is not the same, the direction that you're living in, it doesn't happen. And all of a sudden, he starts to cooperate everything in time and space for you. And as he cooperates those things, he brings it to this one moment where you get to cooperate with his will. And that's so powerful. So today, how can you cooperate with those around you until resurrection and glorification? It's such a powerful thing to be around people who believe that Jesus was resurrected. I, I tried to convince people. Me and my friends were eating at this new Muslim restaurant, and when we were talking to the guy. He was so joyous. He was so peaceful. But he was just, I just don't believe Jesus was raised. I believe him. And guess what? He even believes that he's coming back. But he doesn't believe that he was raised from the dead, and that he had ascension, and that he was resurrected, and that he could take all our all our sins. He says he just can't wrap his head around it. It seems crazy that somebody would die for us who didn't know us while we were yet still powerless. And I just think about this like how God changed my mind, my probate mind to cooperate. With his will. So today, before we get into the last portion, think about this question. How can you, as a believer in Christ, start cooperating? Doing things together with God. Agreeing with his word together. Coming and uniting what he says to unite. Stepping into his will. How can we as believers look at that? And I just want to say today the first way that we can start cooperating with God is surrender. It's the easiest and plainest thing. I have to ask myself for it as well. I have to surrender to His will. One of the things I started to pray recently is that I said, God, will you empty my cup so that you can fill it? Would you empty it? Would you take everything that doesn't belong in it and just throw it and just empty it, God? Just empty my cup today. Empty the things that I don't need in this cup. Empty the garbage. Empty the expectations. Empty the pain. Empty the hurt, God, so that I can start to cooperate and fill your cup. So when I have your cup overflowing, your will in my life, not my will, not my expectation, not my plans, God, I surrender to that. And I just believe if we could just pray today that we would just surrender to just him and start cooperating with his will, then we would start seeing breakthrough areas in our life that we couldn't even imagine. So, Marlon, right before you play the song, we're going to do communion. And we do communion every Sunday because we want to remember who Christ is. It says that when he was at the table on the night the night before he got betrayed, He took communion. He broke bread with his brothers and sisters. Everybody that was in the room. His 12 disciples. Right before everything was about to happen. Peter betrayed him. Denied him. Judas betrayed him. John wanted to lay on his bosom. He said, do this in remembrance of me. As he took the bread and broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. As he took the cup, he said, this is my blood spilled for you. And as we think about these things, the redemption of his blood, the brokenness that he felt, he did all this because of this plan that God had. At the right time, that we would all come and be part of this story. And we would let the work of the Holy Spirit impress his seal upon our lives. And we would surrender to God's will. Father, as we take communion and celebrate you today, remember who you are. If we need to surrender God, we have the opportunity now. We need to surrender, God. We ask you right now that as we take the bread and as we take the cup, that we would surrender to your word and your will. And we would see you move, God. Not only in our lives, but those around you, around us, as we start to unite with your, with your heaven and your earth, God. In Jesus' name, amen. you <sweak>